Views and opinions of any of the guests of After Hours AM are not necessarily the views and opinions of After Hours AM, its hosts, its staff, or any of its affiliates. Broadcasting live from the After Hours AM studio, Joel Sturgis and Eric everybody welcome to this edition of after hours am and man (laughs) we got some cool guests on tap tonight of course man we are talking about rock and roll tonight and but first i have to quite honestly i'd be remiss if i do not talk about my cool and you already know him co-host greg bakken is with me tonight and uh you guys know and love him from minnesota ghost box and we will be talking about that tonight do not fear we will be talking about Minnesota Ghost Box. Greg, how the hell are you? I'm I'm all right. How are you doing, Joel? I am doing all right, and uh, we got a big event on the horizon, and that's Minnesota over here. Believe it or not, we have Bigfoot days. So Saturday, you'll see yours truly, and more than likely, Greg, we're going to be kicking yep. around the Bigfoot days. And if you have seen a Bigfoot, or if you've encountered a Bigfoot, or if you've even heard of a Bigfoot, if a Bigfoot is wearing your bathrobe, Come to the booth. Talk to us. We'd love to hear your story and put you on air. We are going to do our damnedest to have a remote over there. Live remote radio after hours AM coming at you live from Bigfoot Days of Reamer, Minnesota, man. That's going to be exciting. It, you know, it, do, it just seems right that there's the Bigfoot Days that are in Reamer, Minnesota, right? I mean, it just seems like that's the, the appropriate place for that to be. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Hey, do you believe in Bigfoot? Oh yeah, I well, do. Yeah, maybe you should tell the people what you, what you've created with Bigfoot. What did I create? Yeah, with Bigfoot? didn't you kind of do an ad campaign? You know, I'm just saying. Oh uh, gosh, yeah. I well, I didn't create it. I work for the company that created it. We do. I work for the advertising agency Carmichael Lynch that does all the Jack Links uh, commercials and <laughs> and created the Sasquatch character that's in all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. That must have been. Were you were you there when they're shooting? You know, funny enough, I think they created um, a Sasquatch when I started as, like, they saw me, and they're like, 
Sasquatch. That's what we should do. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did we come up with that idea? No, I, I, I've been there. I mean, I've been there now for about 10 years. And, you know, when I started, the campaign was already going. But, you know, it's been fun to watch it go from its its very beginnings to yeah. like where it is now and how how we keep evolving that character where it's been either a savage revenge which is always my favorite thing or else uh, where he's revenge. more intellectual you know it's always fun true true I, everybody loves that ad campaign in fact you know that's what we talk about all the time messing with bigfoot in fact i mentioned that because i did go with abe del rio part of the minnesota bigfoot research team that i'm a member yeah. of I'm, I'm pretty much an honorary member of and uh, I, I went with him looking for a Sasquatch a couple weeks ago, and I did have the Jack Links with me just in case. And that didn't work, huh? It, didn't, it did not work. Well, see, I was, was thinking more of a diversion in case he did come, you see. That would get throw it one way and then run the other. Well, if you ever watch the commercials, you'll see that someone's always doing something cruel to Sasquatch, and yes. then he comes back, gets revenge. So as long as you're not trying to, like, you put his hand while he's sleeping into a bowl of water <laughs> so that he goes to the bathroom on himself, you are going to be fine. I think he's pretty decent in that regard. Uh, I think he is. He's good-natured. He hasn't ripped anyone apart yet, at least we know of. <laughs> so that may be coming. You just never know. But well, over there, Reamer, this weekend, you will see Bigfoot. They, they have a lot of evidence over there. I'm so excited. if you want to go see real, authentic evidence of Bigfoot, that's the place to be. Because they will unleash some cool, cool stuff on everybody in the show. There's exhibits, there's storytelling time. Uh, there's really, really a lot of cool stuff there. I'm actually very excited to show up. Greg, I know you are too. And oh, yeah. Greg and I will roll in the town together, and the town won't know what hit it. <laughs> that's exactly it that's exactly what i was thinking they won't know it'll be the, be the sasquatch brothers coming in exactly and, uh, exactly they'll look at us and go wow where'd you guys come from <laughs> i guarantee that's exactly what will happen <laughs> i guarantee it we're, we're gonna stick out pretty bad you know because neither one of us are bona fide uh, sasquatch aficionados so, you know, we're, we're, we're gonna definitely be asking the newbie questions you, you know it oh. will be those people well, and they're also going to be like, yeah, radio is more your medium. It really oh, is. You do fun. have a face for radio. Come on. let's. Yeah. yeah you don't want to get on camera. All right. We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just step away. All right. <laughs> just get behind, back behind the microphone and do what you do best and just smile while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I love it. I love It'll be it all. a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Now, Greg, do you ever shop on eBay? You know, I do, actually. You are an eBay shopper. See, now, I have attempted to bid on eBay. I've never won, but then again, I haven't really tried real hard to win the bid. But I was kicking around the old internet today looking at show ideas because I'm always thinking of new and cool things to look at. And this caught my eye from BuzzFeed. They released the strangest things that have been sold on eBay as of late. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it makes you wonder how these people can honestly put this up for sale and sometimes for exorbitant prices. Yeah. You, know, you know, I mean, we've all heard about the toast that look like Jesus or, or, or the poltergeist in the bag. Remember that one, the shopping bag? You could buy oh, the yeah. poltergeist. She didn't sell it because she couldn't find a good home for it. So, <laughs> you, you know, but th those are all for sale. But this is the kind of newer generation of high strangeness at eBay. Number one, it comes to us. It's a bison fetus from the 1950s. Yes, it is. Wow, this bison fetus was taken, according to the seller, by the way. 
this bison fetus was taken from its mother after being found dead of natural causes in the 1950s by a lady biologist. I like how they stress lady biologist, right? Like, yeah, we can't yeah. believe women are in this field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they want 300 bucks. 300 bucks. Well, if we pull our money together, <laughs> yeah, we can get it. Yeah, yeah. If only they knew how little radio pays, they'd believe that. They go, really? I, w- I would have it for like every odd weekend. You could have it for every even weekend. We there you go. Pass it'd, it be, it'd be conversation piece. You know, we could it put would, it out there right, right on the kitchen table. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do yeah. that, basically. <laughs> I, I, I would die. I, oh, wow. I remember being in uh, school in biology class, and I could barely cut up the frog, man. You know, when we had to dissect the frog, I could barely do that. I don't know if I could have a bison fetus in a jar hanging around. Though I have a lot of odd things at my desk at, at do work. You? Do you? Really? Like? Yes. And and I think this would be a wonderful addition. <laughs> I have I have a uh, like a uh, four foot tall bear that wears a t shirt, and sometimes <laughs> I put an executioner mask on him oh. uh, just because I can. Um, that's frowned upon, by the way. I found out. I would imagine then, it is. Um, <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry, but I also have nunchucks and I have uh, a couple grenades. Uh, they're not live, <laughs> I, I, so I'm told. Um, and then, like, some, you know, You other bought them from so... Paco down at the docks. He assures <laughs> you that they're not live anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm surprised they're this heavy if they're not live, but, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, I mean... yeah, yeah. So these are on your desk at home or at work? No, at work. Oh, right at work. So you got oh, yeah. n- nunchucks and grenades hanging around. Well, I mean, they were for a shoot. I, you know, I ah, I, yes, the props, stuff. they're props, and so you, know, you kind of hold on to stuff, and you know, um, you know, they're you know what you should do, Greg, bring a severed head with you. Make me feel weird now that you're saying it like that. I've never <laughs> saw a problem with it before, but now I'm starting. Well, to feel now weird now you're starting to have a have a moment of self realization. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> when I say it out loud, it actually sounds rather creepy. <laughs> well, you know, you know. Um, it would be funny if you brought a faked severed head with you and see what kind of reaction that gets. To work or to Reamer? Just let oh, me know. Oh, well, just... I was thinking both. We'll just carry it by its hair. To the, sure. To the, you know, a Bigfoot head, you know. Oh, we found... No, I'm kidding, well, of course. Let, let me write this down. And you said you said fake, right? Yes, I, mean, I, I did. Be, I yes, not up. real this time, Greg. Not right. real this time. Got it. It'd All be right. fake. Cool. That'd be harder to find as a fake one. Real ones are everywhere, but it's the fake yeah. ones are hard. I get a real one real fast. <laughs> really quick. Just just go outside and they're everywhere. <laughs> well, now, number two is a baker's dozen of shoes found. Again, this is the craziest things ever sold. One of the craziest things ever sold on eBay. A baker's dozen of shoes found on the side of the road. Yeah, I think we've all been there where we've been driving around. And we see that one odd shoe, but never has a mate. Yep. You, you know, we've been there. Well, this guy stopped and picked them up, and the seller says, uh, yeah, the strangest co- uh, collection of shoes you'll ever see, he says. I have an odd hobby. When I see a shoe alongside the road, I, I grab it. I stop, I pick it up. And then he put, you know, he brings it and he puts it. He even has his own little shoe box in his car. You know, just the odd shoes. And he says, he goes on to say, I live in the heart of Nicollet National Forest, the, a very rural area in northern Wisconsin. Well, that says it all right there. When you said northern Wisconsin, I believed you right then and there. <laughs> Apparently up here, people have trouble keeping their shoes on. Yeah. What, what draws me to this is how clean and nice <laughs> they, they are look. beautiful. 
I think he took some time to clean them, though. Yeah. Because they almost look too showroomy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like they just came from the Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one looks like that it's been, you know, part of some animal's, like, Lonely Nights sort of <laughs> toy or something. I don't a know. A home, a home for a squirrel for a time. <laughs> right, exactly. Who's li- still living in that green one on the <laughs> yeah. upper right? Some hobo is still looking for his other shoe. <laughs> what the hell? Can't lose a shoe anymore. Uh, then number three is hanging bat in a glass dome. Perfect piece for the living room, the seller says. But get this. 80 bucks he wants for the bat. Oh, by the way, the, the shoe salesman, he wants 111 bucks. And the bat's a better deal. It is. Uh, see, now, I might own a bat. Yeah. You know. That's that, not bad. No. That one, honestly, is not bad. You know, I mean, they call it what it is, obscure, macabre, gothic. It yeah. is. It's all that. Well, and then <laughs> number four is a chicken finger shaped like Africa, cooked to perfection, they might add, <laughs> for 99 cents. You can have this chicken finger. Uh, this one is, is a, a kind of chicken tender, it says. It's shaped like a beautiful, the beautiful content, content, continent of Africa, cooked to perfection and frozen. Wow. Own a piece of chicken finger history, it says. Don't be a chicken. Bid with confidence. Well, this is actually very fortuitous for me because I have all the other countries of the world as chicken fingers. So this is actually the last one I <laughs> That's need. That's the one you've been looking for for years. <laughs> well, I just I, can't find Africa. 99 cents is a deal. I found Let me Florida everywhere. I mean, you know, the yeah. state of Florida, not a problem. <laughs> Africa, I tell you, can't get one of those. 99 cents. Look at that. I, I, I wonder if you actually ever sold it. I'm kind of curious if anyone actually ever sold any of these things. At ninety nine cents, it's possible. I mean, the shipping is more than yeah. the actual yeah. Africa chicken finger. So yeah, yeah, very true. At number five, of course, the plastic worm from a werewolf. What intestine? Okay. Parasitic. Oh, parasitic. Sorry, I am like bah, bah, bah. the parasitic worm from a werewolf intestine. Wow. Yeah, I'm in. I'm With, in. Uh, yeah. Okay. Number one, we got to prove that werewolves are real. You know. That yeah. that would probably be a good thing. Now they say, with the recent un, um, unexpected necropsy, necropsy, yeah, necropsy. Wow, that's a weird word. Say that twenty times fast. <laughs> of a juvenile werewolf came the opportunity to get. Okay, well, well, back up here. This seller found a juvenile werewolf. All right, he makes it just sound so passe. Like, yeah, they're everywhere. I got where the same place. Greg gets his big heads. <laughs> uh, to gain the possession of the plastic worm found clustered. In the doomed creature's heart and lungs. Well, these worms have three hooked claws extending out from the mouth. Each worm measures approximately four to five inches long, not counting the curl. So he's saying, oh, three available. There's three of them available. I I see that. Available are three. Look at that. Yeah, Some brave guy found a juvenile werewolf, and he he got it. He, He nabbed it. He nabbed this little critter, and he's claiming that it is the real deal. I am almost tempted at seven seventeen ninety nine to bid on one of these. Oh yeah, I, I, mean, I am you... just, just to see, but not as te- as tempted as I am the next one, number six, ghost trapped in a jar. Who hasn't heard that gag before? Yeah, it says, but... <laughs> Greg, ghost slash spirit trapped in a large jar, big capital letters. Do not break or o- open or break. 
Uh, can never open it. But get this, two grand. The people want two grand for an empty jar. But they're nice enough to break it down that for those who are strapped for cash, you could do $94 <laughs> a month for 24 months. Oh, yeah, so. two years of your life to pay for an empty jar. Why don't you take that jar, open it up, and start ta- putting that money that you would have been giving this person into that jar? Well, Just there's say. that. Or... Or I would get the parasitic worm and I'd put it in the jar because it seems like that'd be a. I mean, if you're going to spend that oh, kind of think money, think about it. That's like a match in made in heaven. You could charge five grand for this jar with this worm, and then and then get this: buy the bison, have that too. Yeah. Oh, oh look at that. Yeah. That that would be something worth buying right there. Open up your own, like, freaky museum. Have you ever thought about that, Greg? Opening a museum to the macabre? I kind of think of my house that way, funny enough. D- really? Because um, I know a uh, lot of people have done it. There's John Zappas out there. There's yeah. a few others out there. Zach Baggins has got something in Las Vegas. Have you ever thought about it? Because I know you run into a lot of creepy, on the creepy side kind of stuff. Have you ever yeah. thought about, you know, opening something? Yeah, well, the the problem is, is, is obviously protection of other people right you don't want to yeah. bring people in who who are just wanting to be like you know they want to like take the stuff and rub it all over them you know it's like no no no, no. <laughs> you're going to you are going to be a problem no i don't want you anywhere near me so <laughs> there's that <laughs> take it rub it all over them oh yeah baby I'm there's loving this. There's people out there. Wow. Yeah, there are. And, and ba- oddly enough, I could actually envision that happening. You're talking to one of them right now. Oh, hold on, Greg. Let me rub this on myself. Don't don't judge me. <laughs> don't judge <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, but, you know, there are a lot of these um, so-called haunted museums. And what's yeah. your opinion on them? You know what I mean? Now that we're kind of talking about what, what do you think? Would you go to well, one? It's, I, you know, I have, I have such a curiosity. Absolutely. I'd go to one. You know, the thing, the thing is though, it's like, it's even like, you know, the ghost, the, the ghost trapped in a jar. It's one of those things that's kind of funny and it's kind of amusing. No one's really going to buy it. But in my mind, the first thing I thought of is like, even if you could, why would, you shouldn't ever try to trap a ghost. No, spirit. no, they you already know? tried that once. Okay. Now here's the thing that gets me. You have an, a being, otherworldly being, that has transcended time and space but can't figure out how to get out of a jar? <laughs> Could pass through walls with impunity, but yet jars stymie them? I mean, <laughs> what? There is that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a few years ago there were some investigators out there that had a show that they had this basically as a dog kennel of mirrors in it? And they're oh, trying it's to, Ghost of Science, yeah, right? Yes, they were trying to trap... A ghost. And yeah. one, one of their, I won't say which one, but one of their members asked me about what I thought about it. And I said, are you kidding me? Well, what do you mean? You're telling me this thing, this individual died, transcended time and space, can pretty much go wherever it wants, how it wants, with just a thought, and you're going to get it with a dog kennel of mirrors? I mean, how do <laughs> you know it's even in there? I mean, <laughs> really? I mean, you don't even know. It's like, and what do you do with the ghost once you have it? Are you like Ghostbusters? Is there like a bank you put it into? Well, what's going on here? Yeah. So. And they stopped talking to you. At they that did. Point, right? they, they had no yeah. catch or release plan. 
Yeah, they're just like, yeah, too many questions. Yeah, yeah too many questions. Yes, we, we will release it into its natural habitat. Well, where is its natural <laughs> habitat? Maybe your house, right? Maybe, yeah, you, you it, just took it out of its natural habitat. Yeah, exactly. That, that really always made me go, what? Are you guys yeah. on crack cocaine? No way, in my opinion. That's like one of the weirdest <laughs> things I've ever heard. Yeah. But, hey, I, you know, at least they're trying something, I guess. But, yeah, in my opinion, probably won't work. Okay, number seven, a freaky mutant roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Ten it's... bucks. I mean. This uncanny roll of uh, Charmin Ultra Soft. Well, at least it's the good stuff. Might yeah. have been a freak uh, manufacturing error, or it may have traveled to our universe from another dimension. Wow, one end of the roll is totally sealed off. I see that. Oh, you just never know. Kind of looks like a sphincter. Uh, <laughs> what the hell it says? Well, that's just it. I I don't believe that it was a freak manufacturing no. error, but clearly it traveled it came to, to our us. universe. It came to us from the planet Uranus. <laughs> i know yeah, those this, jokes never get old i know yeah this is this is uh this is real and it's a deal i mean it's a great deal ten dollars you know what i've been in those locations and those moments where a roll of to- to- toilet paper i would have paid 10 times that at the moment mm-hmm. oh you got tp oh my god give it to me and it goes on though to say amaze your friends uh, or perform scientific experiments to establish the origins of this terrifying ab- ab- abnormal, but beware. Uh, was, that, po- was that a play on words there? Yeah, I do believe All it right. was. As, uh, as a possible porthole to the other worlds. <laughs> this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to get that and have someone like use it and, and kind of monitor... They're vital life signs. Well, Are they being I, taken I, over? I, I would also really enjoy them doing a little bit of a grammar check, maybe, and not have run-on sentences, number one, when they're trying <laughs> to describe this thing. If they're so smart that they're going to do scientific experiments on this you know, piece of puckered-up TP, at least use grammar check. Come on. No run-on sentences. I think, I think the problem is that they were, they're being, their hands were being controlled ah, by gotcha, toilet gotcha, paper. Gotcha, 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 Now, they really could be, it, the owner could be anal probing aliens. Oh, no, without a doubt. But that, that has to be. That's the only thing that makes sense here. This is how they're going to infiltrate our world by <laughs> putting up this stuff on eBay. For people to buy. Exactly, but uh, we're, we're going to kind of move on here because there's a lot of them here, so I'm just going to do a highlight here. Number nine is a bright, shiny paper clip. I have yeah. a couple of those. Used, mint condition, collector quality. <laughs> $50 for a paper clip. Hell, my drawer is full of them. I should be a millionaire by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and the weirdest thing on here, without a doubt, in my opinion, is uh, this girl's soul and spirit. Huh. Yeah, well. Due to difficulties involved with removing my soul, the winner, the winning bid, will either have to settle for a night of yummy Thai food and cool indie flicks or wait until my natural death, is what she says. Yeah. Yeah, she's wanting to sell her soul. Okay. That is the oddest thing on this list by far. And they show her standing in front of a cage like she's going to be in this cage. Do you have to feed and water her? See, I'm not big on commitment. 
I'll tell you though, up. if you look at the picture, it's taken from inside a dog cage, looking it, up. It, it is to it make is. it look like she's in a cage. Yeah, well, um, she's not bad looking though. I mean, really. I mean, you know, just saying. If I if I were to get this, it'd just be another soul I'd add to my collection. <laughs> just one more. Just one more. You have the you have the lost soul. <laughs> And I have a room, have a room full of these jars. You do. I may or may not have gone from eBay of this stuff. So. Hey, yeah. You know, you just never know when you need a ghost you know, to bring <laughs> with you and just open the jar. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, one of the most best what I see is number 14, a mystery surprise. Love a good, a good surprise? <laughs> or want to send one to someone? Buy it now for a mystery parcel. In your inbox, in your mailbox, can be it can be absolutely anything, really. When you think about it, seven what, almost seven bucks. What if you bid on it, you won it, and all of a sudden the surprise is actually me? Wow, or me, or worse yet, both of us. Wow, that'd be horrible. Can you imagine us in someone's bedroom talking like this, do, constantly just doing a show? Oh my God, those poor people. Yeah. I, I don't know, Greg. Um, you know, it, it all depends. Would you be bringing nachos? <laughs> I always bring nachos. <laughs> so if you bring nachos and, and, and you know, maybe some Jack Links, it might not be that bad of a surprise. I thought at first you were going to say Jack Daniels. And well, like, you know, that's always part of the plan, well, That too. is always. Well, that's how things get moving, you know. Ask Bill Cosby. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number 15. I know, I know. Hit the bottom of the barrel. I know I did right there. I hit dirt. <laughs> Uh, that's what I did of that one. Number 15, a mind control protective hat. It's beautiful. Uh, yes, it's beautiful. Even has antennas on and everything. 100% guaranteed to keep out alien government and superhuman beings from reading your mind or worse, controlling your every thought and body movement. Wow. What, 20 there's, bucks? Psh, there's effort put into this. Unlike I, it, pretty much everything else, there's actual effort. It kind of looks this. like origami. Kind of looks like a, a kind of looks like an ant head. Really, is what it, it kind of does. You know, those are spoons, right? I I want to say those are spoons. Either that, or they're extremely talented origami, because yeah. that was that was pretty done really really well. Twenty bucks, you can protect yourself. You know, right. that's yeah. all it takes. And then number sixteen, of course, is the oddest one. Maybe one of the oddest one. A a jar of fresh air. <laughs> it's cheaper than the ghost well, jar. Yeah, a whole jar of clean, fresh air, it says. Just pop the top and breathe in the crisp freshness of pure USA made air. $90. 90 whole dollars for fresh air. Man, in, we are in the wrong business. In the world we're living in, fresh air is becoming more scarce. Because where we I don't live, want to, I don't want to scare everyone. Well, that but... is true, though. You're right, but where we live, Greg, we have some of the best air around. That's true. So That's we true. can we can make money on doing that. Ninety bucks a pop? Hell, I'll even drop it down to fifty. Oh, I'll do Ziploc bags and yeah, drop I'll, it to twenty five. I'll even breathe it in there for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's sure your, I'll go for more. Yeah, why not? You know, you can have that. And, and just the weird crap that you find at eBay. It just, you know, this website has just oodles of it. But the weirdest thing that they claim on eBay is two dead. And I cannot believe this is weirdest, by the way. Uh, two dead Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Why is that so odd? They're everywhere, you know, especially if you live in that area. They're dead everywhere. 
Now, I am lucky enough to where I live that we do not have cockroaches, oddly enough, because it just gets too damn cold. But other parts of the country, they are just absolutely inundated with cockroaches. And uh, these ones, though, are the Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Those are the special ones that everybody loves. Yes, these ones were alive. <laughs> in, <laughs> in my colony. Wow, evidently he's one with them. And yeah. they were old breeders that had a good life before expiring. Uh, I know. Friends have used these hissers for an, ex, uh, uh, for an excellent gag gift. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, my wow. sides are splitting with laughter yeah, at the moment. Yeah, with our original hisser, you can be the life of the party. You know, I don't think that that so much be the life of the party. I, 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 I don't think you'd be invited back to the party. <laughs> It'd be the end of the party to That start. would be it. They, they would, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what, guys? Do not come back here, all right? <laughs> you and your damn cockroaches, stay away. <laughs> Stay away from all of us. Uh, yeah, definitely stay. That was just disgusting. How could you do that to us? Take your aluminum foil hat and get out. <laughs> exactly. But anyhow, we got to run the break. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit about Minnesota Ghost Box. And atop of next hour, don't miss a Carly Wolf will be on with us. And, of course, the Ghost Wolves. That's an awesome rock band. In fact, we're playing their music tonight. Every bumper you hear tonight will be the Ghost Wolves. So you're re I'm really enjoying the music, to be honest with you. So oh, yeah. buckle up, have a good time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. after hours a.m. and if you're listening to us via podcast make sure you like us follow us review us tell your friends about us tell grandma about us and keep listening this is jen mcgowan founder of wayward souls promotions a company dedicated to helping individuals teams radio shows and others that are seeking exposure for the individual events conventions and shows we offer a wide variety of advertising such as web-based article social media posts podcast advertisement and so on contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com visit us on facebook at wayward souls promotions and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered values truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. 
Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anivar.com. Again, that's www.anivar.com. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to afterhoursam at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. Back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm your host, Joel Sturz. Right, right along with me is Mr. Greg Bakken. And he is, of course, the founder and lead investigator of Minnesota Ghost Box. And a lot of you guys love Minnesota Ghost Box. So watching these web-based TV shows, man, they are really damn good. And they deserve every accolade that they have. They really bust butt on it. Everyone from Greg to Nicole to everybody on that show, they just do a phenomenal job, Greg. Well, thank you very much. And I know you have some new locations you're looking to go to. And one of them we're talking off air. And maybe we can get into that because it's always such a big source of topic is that Velisca Axe Murder House. It sure is. Yeah, go ahead, sir. You've been there. So. I've been there. I mean, a lot, you know, it's, it's such an interesting place because there's going to be half the people when I say that I'm going to go back to Vliska and Nicole and I are going to go back to Vliska and we're going to shoot there. Half the people are like, ooh, I've always wanted to be, be there. It sounds really, you know, really intense. The other half is like, um, you know what? I'm not a big fan of going to a place that, A, you have to pay to get into and plus something so tragic happened. And, you know, it's both sides are extremely valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but- it's. You know, but here's the thing. There are a lot of places that you have to pay to get into. You pay to get into Disney World, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, why I really don't begrudge these people for making money, to be honest with you. I don't. I, I know there's a lot of them out there that say, oh, my God, you shouldn't charge for these locations. There's a lot of upkeep of these locations, a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that require money. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and so, you know, do right. I think that they get gouged? Some places, yeah. I mean... There are a few places that are charged a thousand bucks to get into, and that's ridiculous, in my opinion. It's it's such an interesting thing because you know I think I think part of people are like the whole exploitation factor of of with having children involved and whatnot. And I can say the time that I was there and did the overnight that was three years ago, um, and we had a medium there. I had spirit box there. I had all we you know we had all sorts of instruments that. Uh, we believe we're, we were able to communicate, especially with the children. Never did I run across any evidence of the children being 
being uh, mistreated or frightened okay, so, as, as spirits there. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, one of them uh, followed me around the entire time because they, they liked me. They liked my energy. They, we, we had a connection, and that was really good. And I've heard that from other people. There's you know their whole thing. One of the things that we got when we were there, uh, when I was there, I wasn't there with Nicole. I was there with another team in uh, 2014 and one of the things that we got was when we're asking them stuff they're just like you know what can we not talk about this anymore can we not talk about uh what happened to us we just we just want to play you know and play ball with them yeah. and stuff yeah and that's uh the house i'm, I'm kind of looking at their website because i give a bit of a tour on the website of course which is Velisca, uh, Iowa.com. it doesn't seem like it's a very big place not at all. Not at all. And, you know, the it, but it's so interesting because when we were there, a, a number of things happened, but it didn't really become active till about 1.30 in the morning. And then everything started going crazy. Around 3 a.m., we go up the stairs to, you know, the whole story of the place is there was a murder hiding in the attic, came yeah. out and axed everybody um, in the house. Yeah. And the thing the thing the thing about that was I'm I'm thinking about oh um attic that's like very top floor no wonder why no one knew they're up there. The attic in this place is the same floor as the parents bedroom and as the kids bedroom. It's all one level and there really isn't any privacy between any of them. So there's this person that's been hanging out there the whole night while they were getting ready for bed and whatnot and waiting for them to go to sleep. There is a, an immense um uh, creep factor that i mean already in a very creepy place an immense creep fa factor we then decide to go up at 3 a.m to sure. do our um to do our spirit box session and whatnot and going up the stairs to get up to that level the pressure the pressure the energy pressure was was thick it's like it was like you could you know you could move your hands through it to move it aside you know yeah. it was it was palpable you know it was just absolutely um a very foreboding and it's frightening i mean that that whole, yeah. whole thing i don't care who you are that's frightening now do you think it's a story though that sets the table for the fright or do you think there's legitimately uh some frightening hauntings that happen there because i have heard stories of frightening things happening there as well i believe that everything that happens in that place that's negative has nothing to do with the murders at Felisca. i think it's the stuff i always called it um uh, like the the paranormal's biggest STD, um, which is Liska, <laughs> because so many people have come have gone to that place, not necessarily to even do a paranormal investigation, but to do their own thing there. You know, gotcha. they they do their own, and sometimes it's not going to be in love and light. It's going to be uh, black magic. It's going to be something darker and deeper than that so what happens is when when we're going up there i don't i don't personally believe any of that stuff really has anything to do with what happened in uh i think 1912 i think all that stuff is what's been yeah. building up and and building on each other ever since then and unfortunately i went there with a team that brought a doll with and the doll, I was told, was haunted. You know, oh. like it was there was a spirit Damn. in the doll. And what what we did we did a kind of a walk through the whole thing just um, the week before. And and the leader of that team, she hands me this doll. And I mean, I just grabbed it. And then she's like, "Oh, by the way, um, this one's the evil one." Oh, and, oh gee, good and to know. Has, yeah, thanks. It has, it has the lazy eyes, and I. <laughs> 
Where? That thing winked at me at that moment. Oh, man. See, I will not own a Hana doll. I have no, a, I won't either. Oh, I have had lots of people offer to send me their Hana dolls. Uh, you know, being a radio host, we, we touch a lot of people. And I've jokingly said in the past, yeah, like, yeah, Hana doll, you know, let's order one off eBay. I've actually had people willing to send me their Hana dolls. No, I do not want one. I'm joking. No, I do not want one of those things hanging around. I've seen Child's Play. I don't want right. that to happen to me. Well, and just to be clear, though, you are still going to be okay if I send you a vintage wet bison fetus from 1950. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't count, right? Good, it kind of sounds like a good midnight snack. Right. Get the George Foreman on, honey. We're having bison tonight. <laughs> it's aged. <laughs> it's been aged for a very long time. Pickled in its own juices, it, it, you might it, say. It's full of formaldehyde goodness, honey. Let's eat this thing. Come on. Get the kids. There's a hoof left. But no, uh, but honestly, the Velisca uh, case, of course, they, they think a lot of the popular theory anyway is a drifter that came in and killed them. But I've always found, uh, uh, and of course, we do a true crime show on Wednesdays, and, and yeah. Clarissa Cole and I, we've talked about this. She's also had a problem with the drifter mentality, because why would a drifter do this? Yeah, I mean, what, what did this drifter have to gain by killing this family and just leaving? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's more to this story than, than just a drifter, in my opinion. I don't think it was a drifter. I think it was somebody. I think it was somebody probably prominent in the community. You think homegrown, huh? I, I, I think so. I, I just, I, they, knew the lo- they knew the layout of the, the home too damn well. Yeah. You know, by all accounts, mm-hmm. then he knew where to hide. If mm-hmm. you're new to a home, how do you know they don't go to their attic all the time? Right. You, right. You, I, mean, you know, I mean, so, you know, they obviously knew where to go. The problem, the biggest problem with what happened there was the whole case was compromised immediately because they didn't have any police at Villisca. Yeah. They had a peace officer. Yeah. And the peace officer came in and he couldn't control the amount of people that wanted to come in and, and quote, help. So they're cleaning up the crime scene, you know, doing doing their, you know, we're just trying to clean things up. And so the whole thing was compromised from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, that it was wasn't exactly CSI was there. You know, it wasn't like no. they were doing a very good job of controlling the crime scene or investigating the crime scene. No, I it, believe they had to bring in the army at one point to kind of cordon off the geez, area. Jeez, man. And Villisca's a tiny little town. Super, super it's small, yeah. It's not very big at all. So, no. you know, needing the army to come in to keep control, that that's crazy. That was the uh, story, if I'm not mistaken, that took took the Titanic off the front pages of the newspapers. Wow, man. Well, you know, murder, especially that kind of murder, even today would, would capture headlines. Yeah. Family especially small murder. town. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Small town America. Murder in a small town. You know, all those kind of headlines. Yeah. And, and you know that the talking heads would send people there today, even if it happened. You oh, know, yeah. They would definitely have people, boots on the ground, to, to look at this situation. Now, you are going to be filming there, am I correct? So we can look at for a, an upcoming episode of Minnesota Ghost Box taking place at Villisca. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to shoot there this fall. And, you know, for me, it's, it's always been, and it's funny because uh, I had a friend who just went out there a couple weeks ago, and he got in touch with me on Facebook, and he's like, I'm getting out of this. I, mean, I just got back, and I'm having these feelings. And he explained what these feelings were. And the feelings were exactly what I felt when I went over there the first time. And, I mean, they're not good feelings. There's nothing good about 
what what I went through afterwards for about two months. Really? And yes. Oppression. I mean, do you feel like someone oh, followed you? Absolutely, I did. You know, the 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 strange thing was uh, that uh, when when I before I went out there, I was talking to people at work, and they had said to me. Um, wouldn't it be crazy? Yeah, this would be crazy. All right. <laughs> yeah. If uh, you're driving, like something happened to your car, like, oh, oh man, don't even say this. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we're driving back and I'm the one driving um, and tire bursts. Oh, oh, and, no. And uh, we're just we're, you know, we're all screaming as I lost control of the car and all that good <laughs> oh, yeah. stuff. We got we got it fixed, um, and I knew right away something wasn't right because the reason why I decided to drive because every time I tried to shut my eyes and we did the whole night we did not sleep at all a lot of people sleep there we we did the whole night which I'm planning on doing again yeah I every time I tried to shut my eyes like my heart would like something would like uh like lower in my heart you know how it feels like when your heart like drops in your stomach sure. as they say that's what i kept getting which was like oh my god this is not good yeah, that's, so I'm, that's... I'm driving i get back to because we all carpooled together it wasn't my car after we got the car fixed i went we got back uh my car was in burnsville i open up the car door it is sweetest perfume smell really? it's overpowering in my car i don't have any uh any uh uh any car uh, scent stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, no air fresheners, no, no, air no, freshener. no pine trees sitting there on the old beer, beer mirror. Yep, nope. as, as classy as they are, no, <laughs> oh, I did they're not. They're beautiful. And, and so, I mean, and that was with me. I mean, overpowering. And later, uh, like Nicole had said to me, maybe that was there to protect you. Well, it scared the heck out of me. Because, and, and it was one of those things, and if anyone has ever had gone to a place and feel like that they have been had an attachment, it's always something in your peripheral. Yeah. There's always something there in your peripheral. Um, I remember I went and got some food because we didn't eat. Why would we do that? We didn't eat for like 20-some hours. Um, I got some food like at McDonald's, which is, you know, super healthy and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, it's the good stuff right there. Right? And, and I get home, and the power in the house... And I'm not saying it's from spirits or anything, but it dips. It just dips. And I'm just like, well, I'm done. I've completely lost my appetite. You know, I'm just shaking in a room. Just like yeah. I couldn't, I could not sleep without the TV on for about uh, a month, month and a half. I was affecting people at work. Like, like they were having stuff happen to them at work, not from me directly, but from whatever was with me. What do you think was with you? Your best guess. My best guess was that doll. Uh, yeah. The doll's name was Cassandra. The spirit that inhabited it was named Cassandra. Uh, the medium that was with us said to me, uh, that doll loves your energy. And, oh, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, I'm not one of those paranormal investigators that try to put themselves in the forefront. But if I had a dollar for every time a medium said to me, something likes my energy, I would, ha I would have like 50 bucks. And that's actually quite a lot. That, that, that is. That, for you that know? guy, I think it's a good haul. It's yeah, more than I, you know, anyway, uh, so that there is, there is that. And he said to me, and I'll never forget it. He's just like, looks at me and he's just like, don't ever touch that doll again. Wow. And I'm like, you don't have to ask yeah. me twice. So we go up I, I, long story. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bore us with all this, but it, long story short, I'm up in the attic with the lead investigator and we have the doll with, and we're trying to get communication. I am seeing like, strong black folding in on itself against the wall. You know, it's like you just yeah. know that really things are not good up here. Um, 
and then we're done. Um, it's just kind of ends. And uh, she says to me, grab the doll. And I'm like, no yeah. way am I grabbing that. Yeah, I'm I want to be touching no, medium. I'm not no, grabbing that doll. No, I ain't touching the doll. No, nope, 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 nope. Tina the talking doll could stay right where she is. Yeah, she just looks at me like, what? Why wouldn't you do that? Because your medium has just told me no, no less than 30 minutes before this, do not touch that doll again. And I seem to really like his advice. So I... I prefer not to touch that. Doll. I would not be touching the doll either. Wouldn't take long for me to listen to that. Not a problem. I ain't touching the doll. No nope. problem there. In fact, I never want to see the doll again. Let's burn that doll. <laughs> exactly. And I do believe that's what was with me. You know, and, and that's scary, though. That is really scary. I, we've interviewed a lot of people over the years that have had similar attachments. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, they're all different in their own way, but still attachments nonetheless. And it's amazing some of the stories we hear of how they impact their lives. You know, how things just go wrong that never go wrong, all of a sudden go wrong. Yeah. And absolutely. A good friend of ours, Nick Groff, um, you know him. You know Nick. I've heard of and, Nick. And yeah, yeah. He, you might have heard of him. He, he's had good some, investigator. Yeah. Be, yeah, because of some attachments in the past, he's had some bad things happen to him as well. Yes. And so, I mean, it's it's real. A lot of people believe in it. And I, I do believe that sometimes, you know, it's like that. What the old the old timers used to tell me when I was a kid. You don't want to find snakes. Don't go looking for them. Yeah. And sometimes, no, true. you know, you, you come across the python. You know, that kind of wraps itself around you spiritually and you're kind of stuck for a while. Now, how did you get rid of this thing? How, what was the resolution to it? Uh, the resolution mainly was that it all went away it just all died down you know and maybe, and maybe you're really, boring it wasn't it wasn't until probably about eight to maybe even 12 months later that i had my first reiki session yeah. which i would you know always highly recommend so it wasn't it certainly wasn't like i need to do something about this i did want to do something about it i just didn't really know what to do about yeah. it at that time obviously now it's different um, and I just want to say, too, that, you know, you talk about if you don't want to find sta- snakes, don't go looking for them. It's kind of the same for all those people who want that thrill, right? Yeah. You, you know, oh, yeah. all those people who want to have that thrill. It's like you want to have that thrill and you go there. Be careful for what you ask for because you are going to get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you ask for it long enough and hard enough. It will come to you. Yeah. Once you put that intent out there that that's Absolutely. what you want, it, it'll find you. Don't worry, yeah. it'll it'll find you. And when it does, it's it's not pretty. It, it really is not pretty. A lot of times, you know, they're they're playing with fire, and they don't even oh, realize yeah. it until yeah. it, until they have something like happen to you happen. And then, of course, when that happens, they freak out. They don't they don't know what to do. A lot of them, and, and of course, they turn to people to help them. And of course, they get schooled of what to do, what not to do, because it's too much television influence sometimes i think uh these uh, these paranormal investigation shows like that show them screaming and provoking and, yep. and those kinds of programming i think it's almost a disservice to the field because it's not showing it really what you guys do if you watch a an episode of minnesota ghost box it's absolutely always respect is paramount yeah to to, yeah, the, that... to the ghosts and everyone else is there so i mean really that's what struck me right away about the show and that's that's all we that's all the only people we work with are people who 
have the same ideology that we do. Um, and, you know, we we do a great deal of events um, where we do public uh, investigations and whatnot. And the one thing that I, I find, and it's happened a couple times, where people kind of kind of show their hand a little bit, that they do the provoking, that they think yeah. it's fun, they think it's cool, and I just turn on them every single time. It's like, you know, you can't do that. And, and I kind of, and I'm not as, as blunt as that. I'm more just like kind of show and i remember yeah. one time we had uh, someone who kind of says yeah we come here and we kind of provoke and whatnot and and all of a sudden through the spirit box that was running at that time came out this guy's name and then jerk afterwards uh, yeah the ghost box now we haven't touched on that yet have you ever greg and this is a question coming to me via facebook fast blast I call it Fast Blast, just because it sounds so <laughs> official. Really, it's a messenger. Um, have you ever had anyone famous come through the box? Uh, you know, I, I, to be honest, I have never really, um, never really asked for anyone famous. Um, I mean, someone came through at Velisca and said their name was Satan. So, I mean, he's oh, kind of famous. Yeah, yeah. He's everywhere, um, though. <laughs> well, so so I heard. He might be in one of those jars, He, he might be. He might be. I, I remember years ago I was doing a Ouija board experiment uh, with a, mm-hmm. a, a, a noted uh, researcher that's written a ton of books, and and uh, we did a Ouija board experiment, and, of course, you know, Satan was one of the most popular figures you'd conjure up. And, and uh, of course, what he found in his findings was more psychological than spiritual. Sure. That, you know, as micromotor movements that we're not even aware of and things like that. So it was actually really, really cool. But that being said, you know, people always think of the biggest and baddest, but they don't remember that, hey, you know, he has a whole army of nasties with him, you know, that will come and mess with you if you provoke. Absolutely. And and the thing about the the famous people, because I often get asked like when when Prince died and when Robin Williams died and all that people like, you know, when we do our next investigation, like, can you get them? Can you get them? Because it's always fresh. And I'll be like, no, because number one, they're getting used to their their new form of existence. But also in a spirit box, sometimes you'll pick up stuff on the radio. And when Prince has just passed away, especially in Minnesota, that's a big deal. Oh, God, yes. Yes. In fact, it still is. There's so, still yeah. services to this day going on over at Paisley Park in so his honor. So his yes, name's going to come everywhere. up, and it's people are like, oh, my gosh, it's Prince. No, it's probably the radio. Yeah. Prince is not going to talk to Greg Bakken. Probably not, to be honest with you. He won't talk yeah. to any of us, to be honest. He's probably more interested in what the hell's going on with his new existence, like he said. You know, there, there's definitely an acclimation period, I believe, that they get used to their new existence and – you know, uh, talking to us just, you know, for the hell of it would not be on, high on the list of priorities. Right. <laughs> that's exactly it. Hold and, the and phone. That's... Greg and Joel, they're trying to get a hold of me. All right. I got, I got to take this guy. I'll be right back. You know, yeah. I, I don't see that happening, you, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very cool, though. I mean, it'd be awesome if you could legitimately get a famous person. But, you know, I, I also agree with you. Well, you know, why would they waste their time on someone like us? Yeah, I mean, um, Generally speaking, you know, it's it's usually, in my opinion, when they do claim to have a famous person, because I did see an individual that claimed, uh, I think it was Robin Williams back in the day, got Robin Williams on the ghost box. And uh, legitimately, he said, no, this is Robin Williams. Listen, it, it sounded, it was like the day after he died. Yep, and I know what you're talking about. Yep. everywhere on media, 
Robin Williams, Robin Williams, playing clips of his comedy stuff everywhere you went. And I, I just kind of said, hey, you know, it, it, it's not uncommon, especially the day after his death, to hear Robin Williams on the radio. So, yeah. you know, now 10 years down the road come to me, and then maybe that'd be more impressive. Yeah, you know right. I mean, because then the media would have passed the, all that over by then, you know, and it wouldn't be mentioned. But yeah, we only got four minutes left, Greg. I want to know your bucket list of filming. Where would you like to go? If budget was no issue, where would you like to go to film? Hmm. You know, it's interesting because I want to stay more and more away from the places that, you know, are, are famous. I want to find those places that no one knows about, that people are just like, I, I. and what I do with some of the places is I'll look at them and I'll just be like, I feel like there's something there. Like uh, the, the episode I'm working on now, the P&A Hall in Northeast Minneapolis, it, it's never said it was haunted. And no one ever said that, mm -hmm. but I just feel like that it was. So I reached out to them, and they they allowed us. As a matter of fact, I'm going back there to reshoot stuff because we've learned so much over the past couple of years. So I that's kind of where I'm at. You know there's a couple places in Duluth that I'd love to go check out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there's a couple, you know, it, you know some of the some of the asylums. I'd love to go to, um, of course, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of uh, What's-Her-Face out in the out in the uh, East Coast. Um, oh, gosh. I must not want to go there that it'll bad. It'll come to you. It'll, it'll, it'll come to you. I'm going to scream it out during the interview in the next you hour. Will. I, you will. I, it'll be I like a Tourette's it. moment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. Just, ah, this is where I want to go. <laughs> you, you know, so, so you kind of steer clear from the Alcatrazes and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, Liz the big Lizzie goals. Borden. Lizzie Borden. Ah, house. that would be a very interesting, interesting place to go would be the Lizzie Borden house. I'd like to go back to Bobby Mackey's. I've been there before. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Bobby Mackey's? Was it as haunted as the, uh, it's haunted, you know? it's haunted, but it's not, I mean, everyone's like, Oh my God, you're going to the portal of hell. Yeah. We got nothing demonic there. We got nothing dark there. But the thing is, is that we don't go in looking for that. Well, so. no, exactly. And it's a bit like, uh, I guess fishing would be a great analogy. You know, not everybody catches the same fish. So, I mean, right. you know, you may go in there and the bad spirit he doesn't want anything to do with you for whatever reason. And, and again, you may not be open to something like that. Maybe you have to be open to receive something like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we've uh, I've talked to a lot of genealogists and historians that, that never say that there was a head thrown on that well. Oh, yeah. They can't find any shred of evidence to prove that she was, I forget the lady's name off yeah. the top of my head, that she was murdered and her head was thrown down the well. So we we were in the basement. We got nothing. But we weren't asking. We weren't we weren't uh, we weren't uh, provoking. And that's yeah. just not how we do it. So that's probably why we didn't get anything like and that. There's a lot of provoking going on, though. If you flip on the old TV and there's not so many shows anymore. Any, you know, there used to be everywhere. You don't see too many shows anymore on TV. But uh, the early days, especially, provoking was so in vogue. You know, oh, yeah. let's go in and scream at it for an hour. Yes, that works really well with people. They love yep. that. Definitely give that a try each and every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the, the, the guy right bef the, the, the night before us, he provoked at Bobby Mackey's and he was scratched. Well, yeah, you make him mad enough. You know, you go up yep. there and you scream at him for an hour. Yeah. I mean, if I just met you and... Your first response to me is, I hate you. Come scratch me. I, I'm going to kick the crap out of you. 
Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, so, uh, people, spirits, in my opinion, are just people that have crossed over. They have the same personality as in they're here. So, you know, Absolutely. we got to run to Fox News. Boy, that was a quick half hour. We come back, man. We are going to rock out, of course. We're going to mm-hmm. talk to haha, the guitarist from the Ghost Wolves, Carly Wolf. When we come back, don't go anywhere. We will be right back right after this. <laughs> Protesters versus riot police with President Trump and other world leaders in Hamburg, Germany. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. The protest march cut short by organizers when some people got violent right at the start. The president's in Hamburg for the G20 summit, meeting already with the leaders of Germany, Japan, and South Korea. A lot of talk there is expected to be about North Korea's missile program, President Trump said earlier on Poland. I have some pretty severe things that we're thinking about. That doesn't mean we're going to do them. The president's defense secretary is downplaying the military option. Fox's Jared Halpern is live in Washington. A North Korea's successful test of a long-range missile capable U.S. officials believe of reaching Alaska is not bringing the U.S. closer to war. Because the president's been very clear, the secretary of state's been very clear, that we are leading with diplomatic and economic effort. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis says the military stands ready to provide options with regional partners if necessary and warns any effort by North Korea to start a war would lead to severe consequences, Chris. Jared, thanks. Virginia's governor is refusing to stop an inmate's execution tonight, saying he got a fair trial. The inmates' lawyers argue their client is severely mentally ill. Here's Fox's Grinnell Scott. Chris, William Morva's execution by lethal injection is set to be carried out in about three hours. His lawyers were hoping to have a stay granted. This will be the state's first execution using a new, more secretive procedure that shields the inmate until after he's strapped in and IV lines have been placed. Previous witnesses were able to see the inmate enter the death chamber. Critics of the change argue witnesses should see as much of the process as possible to ensure transparency. Morva was sentenced to die for killing two people in 2005, Chris. Colonel Loganville, Georgia woman is charged with stabbing four of her children and their father to death this morning. A fifth child survived. Fox News, fair and balanced. No reports of anyone hurt, but some people have a story to tell. The strongest earthquakes in Montana since 1959, magnitude 5.8, and some smaller ones this morning. Robert Sanders with the U.S. Geological Survey. Over 11,000 people having reported this event being felt on our website as far away as, um, as far west as Seattle and as far east as Billings. Montana. There are more messes reported than any serious damage. Operations are back to normal at Hanscom Air Base in Massachusetts, partially evacuated early today when potentially explosive material was detected on pallets on a delivery truck. It's been taken for more testing. Those pallets have. The moving and storage company that owns the truck says in a statement, we take this matter very seriously. An actor talking about being gay is making some gay people confused. Andrew Garfield has social media in a tizzy with comments. He made at a conference he attended. 
Garfield playing a gay man battling the reality of AIDS in the London revival of Tony Kushner's Angels in America. Britain's Gay Times magazine reports Garfield told a panel he prepared for the role by watching episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race and added that he's a gay man right now just without the physical act. Many on social media criticizing him for being oblivious. Scott Evans, the younger gay brother of actor Chris Evans, wrote, This article grosses me out. You're a talented guy, but seem to be completely oblivious to what's coming out of your mouth. Michelle Polino, Fox News. More changes at the University of Mississippi, some acknowledging and some turning away from the Confederate past. It's announced today that a sign's being posted on campus about slaves having been involved in the school's construction. The name of James K. Vardaman is being taken off a building. He was a Mississippi governor, a U.S. senator, and a white supremacist. All of Mississippi's public universities have stopped flying the state flag because it includes the Confederate battle emblem. On Wall Street today, the Dow down 158 points, and I'm Chris Foster. Fox News Radio. Welcome back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis. Right along with me is Greg Bakken. There it is. See, now you're, you're supposed to chime in there, Greg. No, but unfortunately, as I said at the top of the show, Eric Olson, you know, his dad passed away recently. He is at, He went to the funeral today, and our thoughts and prayers are with Eric and his family as they go through this very, very hard time. So, uh, And Greg was just gracious enough to come sit in the co-host chair and we've had him on before greg and he's a top-notch guy great interviewer so greg again i want to thank you so much for coming in i think why i didn't come in when you expected me to that that chair isn't working that electrocutes me when i'm supposed to be well yeah yeah i I know i I think i forgot to change the nine volt battery in it yeah we might want to work on that that's my bad right there but tonight, absolutely exactly tonight we have carly wolf on and my mm-hmm. lord, she can play the guitar and sing. I mean, <laughs> I haven't heard riffs like that in a long time, to be honest with you. And they're so... I play the guitar, Greg, but nowhere near mm-hmm. like she does. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm an axe man. <sighs> but just yeah. her arrangements are so intricate when she's playing that you know you can just hear it. And, and uh, you know, I'll stop talking and I'll let Carly tell us. Carly, tell us about yourself. How did you learn? Did you stand at the crossroads at midnight to learn how to play guitar? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I have been playing since I was a kid, just picking it up and going through different styles and, you know, listening to a lot of different people and just learning and and playing, just playing a lot. Yeah. Well, what kind of, what's your favorite guitar? I know I'm going to be asked that. If I don't ask it now, the musical aficionados that love the show, they always ask, well, what's the favorite guitar that she plays? Well, right now I'm playing a Silvertone. It's a reissue, um, and I love it. It's sort of modeled off of the old Mustangs, but sure. I was originally playing a 19, 1960s version of it, but... Um, then I was offered to play the the new version, and it is awesome, and I love it. It has the whammy bar on it, stuff like that, and 
it's just a, a really solid guitar. I play open tuning and I play slide. Really? So it's a good wow. it's a good guitar for that. See, I just yeah. I just play a regular old uh Stratocaster. Nothing fancy, nothing great. Okay. Just, just a normal strat. You know, and I, and that's what I learned on, so I stuck with it. Silvertones are a great instrument. They really are. I mean, they've been around forever. And they put out yeah, quality they, stuff. They, yeah, the reissues are really made well. I think they're made in Korea and they're um I mean they do a really good job. I, yeah. I'm just saying I really like it. Well, now you have this little rock band out there called <laughs> the Ghost yes. Wolves. Now, how did you guys form the Ghost Wolves? Because, you know, you guys have been around. I'm looking at all these different tour dates. You've been mm-hmm. doing this a little while. But what was the genesis of that group? Well, we, Donnie and I were both in separate bands, and we were touring separately and um, always missing each other and just um, never got to spend any time together. And finally, we were just sort of like, why don't we just make our own band? And at the time, I was playing rockabilly music. I was playing upright bass for a guitar player named Johnny Falstaff, who is a Texas guitar swinger who just was slaying every night on the guitar. And I was watching him on the bass every night being like, I want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. So I started listening to his styles and his riffs and stuff and just getting inspired. And um, I ended up selling a, a classical guitar to get an amp. And then I we just started jamming, just the two of us, and just immediately started writing songs. And eventually we just decided to uh, focus on it solely and, you know, let the other projects go. So that's what we've been doing for about... Going on almost seven years now. Is is there anything that surprises you about the journey that you've you've taken uh, being a part of this band? Like something that just really is like, I never thought that this would happen. Well, we got to go to Japan and play over there. And just that whole experience kind of blew me away. It just blew my mind. Because when we got there, they, were, they just were very generous with us. Um, we played for... A, fashion company called Hysteric Glamour, their um, 30th anniversary party. And when we got there, they just sort of, it felt like they just rolled out the red carpet for us. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're so humble. You're so humble, Carly, because let me just, Greg, these are some of her accolades. This is not all of them. She's been Premier Guitar, She Shreds, Guitar Girl Magazine. She's provo- She's performed for NPR stations. She's mm-hmm. been, I mean, really, she's also been part of TV. She has been used in the Oxygen Network, Bad Girl Clubs, Funny Girls, Best Inc. Wow. I mean, they just keep going on and on. Um, not to mention, man, <laughs> MTV's real world. Yeah. You, you've been around. I mean, you're so humble. You, you, you know I mean, you don't come into it like, yeah, I've been here, been there, done that. But what was it like to work on these <laughs> cool projects? Well, it's just been it's just been sort of a dream come true. I mean, it's just been a lot of really interesting people to get to collaborate with and be a part of in different projects that yeah, like you said, I mean, you never would have imagined being a part of. So, it's been it's been great. <laughs> I can't complain. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, you know, Greg, you and I both love music. And we yes. both said the same thing, man. That guitar 
just drives. That's been my favorite part because I was listening to a couple tracks before the show and whatnot. It's like this, you know, and this is like perfect music for me if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go talk to people or whatever and need to have a little bit of a personality. It's like this is the type of music I like playing, and it's and there's each track is driving, but each track is different. Each track yes. is unique. Each track has this wonderful feel to it, and it's it's been a lot of fun listening to your most recent album. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I kind of liked, uh, well, I Got Money was a good one. I thought that was kind of a, a really <laughs> good tune. Kind of, you know, I could definitely hear a lot now when you guys play, though, even though it is a faster paced guitar work, which is by far the hardest I know from personal experience. Uh, a, a lot of rhythm and blues in there as well. I yep. hear it under there. Yeah. And, and that is hard to infuse together a driving guitar, but yet be rhythm and bluesy. How have you guys been able yeah. to do that? Um, well, when we first started, I started playing with open tuning and um, playing with the slide, and I just really gravitated towards that and listening to um, R.L. Burnside and um, his his stuff really was had a driving grooves and driving riffs you know with with the really cool drums behind it and just sort of listening to him and um also just jamming and messing around and seeing what we come up with and yeah seeing where it takes us well a few years ago i was interviewing a guitarist uh, you might have heard of him angus young and uh he told me he says hey it's like this i'd be nowhere without the power chord (laughs) i said what well that's you know, <laughs> the power chord is king, but I hear more than that in these tracks, not just all power chord. Where like ACDC, yeah, he's right, is heavy power corded. Where, like I said, you do these sophisticated yeah. arrangements. Well, thank you. Yeah, I play in open tuning, like I said, so mm-hmm. it's it's not a, as many power chords as it is just open chords, well, which is similar, but it's just a little different. <laughs> I was going to say open tuning for everyone that's not a guitar aficionado. How, how, what is that? Well, I usually play an open G, and that's where the, the all the strings are tuned to where if you just play without putting your left hand, without fretting at all, just, just play the strings, all six of them, it rings out in the G chord. Gotcha. Gotcha. So okay. that's the, that's the starting. That's the beginning of of it all. And then from there, as you move up the neck, you yeah. move up each fret is a half step up the scale. Gotcha. So that, it's just a different way to play. But a lot of the old blues stuff was in open tuning. Oh yeah, yeah. Go go ahead, Greg. So I just have a question that's very uh, you know I I should know this and I apologize that I don't. Uh, are, are are both of you writing the songs, or who's who's writing? We both write, so we collaborate um, 100% on all of our music, and it's all shared 50-50 between us. So, yeah, we're both bringing different ideas to the table and just jamming and seeing, you know, what sticks and, and then writing lyrics over it. And, you know, we, we work off each other a lot on that stuff. Is there anything that was like the impetus of a song that's maybe the weirdest sort of spark of creativity that like you, you never would have thought when you saw when when the spark came that next thing you know you have a whole song written from it? Is there anything like that? 
Yes, actually, there is. Um, when we got married, we got a, a gift from a good friend of ours, John Michael. He left it on the front porch. And the next morning, you know, he texted us. He's like, I've got a gift for you out there. And we went and looked behind the bushes and there was a guitar. And it was a one, it was an old beat up guitar and it only had one string on it. And then on the back, it had this inscription about never losing sight of your love. And, you know, your your marriage may look like this guitar one day, but, you know, all that matters is that it keeps making music. And we're like, wow, that's really cool. It's like this old 60s, um, like super interesting guitar. And I just hung it on the wall and and looked at it for a few days. And then we were jamming one day and I was like, huh, I wonder if that thing actually works. So I (laughs) pulled it off the wall and plugged it in and a song just came out. I mean, we just immediately just started writing on that guitar and it's, and that's now the one string wonder. And we, we have several songs with that guitar and it's just one string. That's really cool. That is really cool. That would be hard to do with just the one string that that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it has, there's something about it. There's, There's some energy to it that just, it works. Yeah, yeah. It takes on a life of its own. I, I hear a lot of guitarists it tell does. me that, that it, 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 the guitar yeah. takes on a, uh, its own personality. And it kind of right. tells you how it wants to be played. And I got to just, yeah. I got to interject here real fast. I'm actually very jealous of this conversation because I've never played guitar. I've never I've been exposed to that. But listening to you two talk is very similar to what other people talk about the guitar. Like it is, it is something living that it's an extension of, of your arms. And I find that to be so intriguing and so neat to be able to to, to put so much into, into a piece, an in- instrument like that and get so much out of it. It is. It's a sort of it's a magical thing. Yeah. Really, when it, yeah. When you have a connection like that. Yeah, definitely. I know my guitar. When I got my guitar, it spoke to me. I didn't pick it. It picked me. It, as weird as that sounds. That's awesome. I believe it. You yeah. know, I was I was well wasn't going to buy a guitar, and my dad had recently passed away uh, from cancer, and he was a big guitarist. He loved playing the guitar, and he had uh, one of the original. Um, it's escaping me now. Um, Les Pauls. He had an old Les mm. Paul from the okay. 1960s. And, of course, you know, it's a vintage showpiece, basically. You wouldn't dare play it. You know, you know, I mean, you could, but, man, it's so old. And I happened to be appraising it in uh, my local uh, music shop. Just to get an idea for insurance purposes what the thing was worth. And he says, oh, it's worth quite a uh-huh. bit. You know, this is what's worth. Da, da, da. I looked over and I saw this Fender Stratocaster. It was candy apple red. I kept looking at it. kept looking at it. He says, well, you want to touch it? It seems you seem to keep looking. It almost sounded like way he's talking about, like, do you want to touch the girl? I mean, that's the kind of, that's the way he made mm-hmm. it sound like, mm-hmm. do you want to touch it? Yeah, let me, let me see that thing. And <laughs> it came home with me. I was not intending on buying a guitar. And, and uh, that was not my intention at all. And, um. I ended up coming home with it, and I was not a guitarist. Uh, my father was, so he tried to teach me, but it was just something. Before you know it, I was I was uh, strumming away, and once you get into it, and you get that that muscle memory going, it's it's not so. Right. Yeah, I mean, then you can bring your own influences, and that's what I found out. You really got to know the basics, and then you can move on. But boy, have you mastered shredding that guitar, though? I mean, mm-hmm. my lord. It's, <laughs> Very, very You're well done. Sweet. I can't say it enough because I know how hard it is to do that. And, and of course, 
You guys got a new album out there, your newest one, which is Texas Platinum. How did that come about? Well, we were writing the songs um, after after our first album. We were touring a lot and finding inspiration on the road and sort of writing the songs and try, and playing them a lot on the road. And um, then we we finally got to a position where we could we could record them and we went into the studio and knocked it out because we had we had played them so much and we had already sort of uh, figured out, you know, exactly how we wanted them by touring with them for like probably about a year. And uh, we got to go record with Mike McCarthy and he had a studio in Austin at the time. He's since moved to Nashville, but um, it was really fun to work with him. And he's, he's uh, just like this rock and roll guy who, mm-hmm has been doing records for a long time so he just knows how to how to get really good sounds and just have a good vibe very cool and it was mastered if i'm not um mistaken by howie weinstein wasn't it uh yeah howie weinberg yeah, yeah or weinberg yeah. sorry escape me I, I i know the name from other albums and, and uh, I've seen him yeah. a lot of albums with his name on it rather uh, weinberg and uh very influential uh, in the music world. So that's really a boon to have someone like that working with you. It really is. Yeah, he's awesome. And how has uh, the reaction been to the album so far? It's been good. We It came out on a German label, and we, we were touring in Europe right along with the release this year um, for about a month uh, back in... Well, a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. anyways, we had we had really good shows over there, great turnouts, and um, just people really excited about it. And uh, and then we just got back from a tour in the states, and you know we're getting the word out about the about the record, and just getting you know a little bit of traction here and there. We just put sure. out a new video, and just uh, I think people like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm bummed. I'm bummed that I missed you at the three three one club when you were here in Minneapolis. So, and that's oh, a that's I a fun know. place. Was, it was really fun. We had a good time. Yeah, it's a fun I part of town too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, do you guys did you do you guys ever um um what I was gonna ask when you guys write just getting back to writing the music the lyrics and because you guys have some really cool lyrics in there. Uh, how do they come to you? Do you like wake up yeah. with a notepad like a lot of them have that have told me that? Well, I'll be sleeping. The next thing you know, a, a riff will come to my mind. I have to get up. I have to write it down. How does this 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 muse come to you? I mean, where do you get it from? Yeah, you know, that happens. Um, I do try to keep, you know, at least my phone where I can make notes or, or record something on the on a little voice memo or, you know, just keep pen and pen and paper close by and you just never know when it's going to strike. And I just try to stay open to it and just always, I'm, I'm like always trying to do something that's creative so I can, you know, keep the juices flowing and, and just sort of wait for it. But then also take the time to sit down and just try or mess around or, you know, hear something on the radio. And I'm like, mm-hmm. or, you know, like, cause I listen to a lot of talk radio. So I'm like, Oh wow, that story is really interesting. You know? Mm-hmm. So then I'll try to, learn more about that and you know it's just always it's it's something that you always is always sort of on on your mind like oh well that could that could be a song or or, you know that that's that's 
catchy or that's interesting. You know? Yeah, so. very cool. You know, and I was also wondering, kind of uh, to piggyback off of Joel's question a little bit. You know, when you're when you both are performing, and and it's such energy and such high octane, how do you prepare yourself for that? Well, we try to eat well as far as you know, just being healthy on yeah. the road is really important. So we try to make sure we're we're minding what we eat, you know, and um. Then we also rest a lot during the day. I mean, we drive and, <laughs> and then we rest and then that just leaves energy for the show because, because you're right, it, it is a lot. Well, yeah, you're, you're, not, yeah you're, you're not just standing at the microphone singing. You're, you're dancing, running around, playing the guitar. There's a lot to it, to it uh, when you do, especially the live shows. I mean, my Lord, it, it's, it's a lot. And of course... <laughs> You know, it must get grueling after a while. It is a lot, and and people do ask me that because, I mean, we're just like drenched in sweat after the show, and it's just it's like a workout. But and they're like, how do you how do you do this every every night? You know, for no. weeks at a time on tour and stuff like that. But um, I really don't know. All I can say is that the music sort of moves you. Yeah. Yeah, motivates and once, you. Once, once the music starts going, I can't help but do that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's really not anything I control. Well, I, I'm assuming, too, that you're pretty energized by the crowd. Once they, there's no doubt they're getting, they get into this. I mean, once you both start playing and, and they just, they just, it just becomes alive, I'm sure that that helps fuel you both also. Absolutely. That makes all the worlds of a difference in yeah. the whole world. I mean, the, the crowd, if they're... If they're going crazy, well, the crazier we get. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? We haven't mentioned now where people can buy your newest release, Texas Platinum. Where can people buy this great album? Oh, well, theghostwolves.com is our website. And uh, we we have vinyl and um, we have CDs and we have, yeah, everything like that, T-shirts. But also you can get it um, on iTunes and HoundGod.com. That's G-A-W-D. That's the, the, the label that put it out yeah. in Germany. Mm-hmm. But if you live in the States, you might as well just get it from us. But if, yeah, if you live in, in Europe, then order it from them probably because yeah. the shipping would be better. Oh, definitely. Definitely get a copy of it. Everyone should get a hold of you guys and get a copy. Now, of course, you know, something like this, you mentioned the vinyl is making a comeback. And I've noticed this watching the charts and what's selling mm-hmm. and stuff, but you're right. Vinyl is making that comeback. And I, I that's a beautiful thing because nothing sounds as good in my opinion is a, is a vinyl record. I, I agree. Oh yeah. I agree. I know it's so awesome to have the vinyl and um, there's just a big movement for that. And, and that's what people are buying. So it's, it's great. Yeah. I love I love listening to vinyl. Now, do you think that the instruments come across better on vinyl than anything else? Because I've heard that from other guitarists um, and musicians that vinyl just has just this factor to it that brings it to life. It's interesting because I've heard certain songs, you know, my whole life. But then I remember the first time I ever heard that song on vinyl. There's something different about it. And it just... I remember that moment when I heard the song I've always heard, 
you know, like cat seasons or something. Just I've always heard it. But then when I heard it on vinyl, yeah, it was it was so different and it had such an impact. Well, I, now, some yeah, some people exactly. say, well, you have more separation on in digital and, and this and that, and, and that's probably true. But there's something about the feel that you get when you listen to vinyl that that's different. Feels like there's a presence, a presence that's not there in the digital uh, recording. Also, like there's there's roominess to to the to the sound. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah the presence. It's just like uh, yeah. you're right there. Exactly. Yeah. I remember my first vinyl album way back when I was a kid was uh, the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I remember my mother mm. gave that to mm-hmm. me, and she says, "You got to listen to this. This is what I grew up with. You're gonna love it." In fact, it's her copy she gave me. And for the longest time, uh, with the pops and hisses of white noise, when I heard it on CD, I was like, this isn't them. Where's the pops and hisses? Forever I thought it was part of the, part of the music. <laughs> and it made it, <laughs> the, the pops and hisses added that warmness to it, though. It was it was almost yeah. like, you know, when you hear it on CD and you, you don't have that anymore, it's like so cold and clinical. There's no character anymore. Yeah, it's too clean. Exactly. Give me a little dirt with my rock. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want that clean. <laughs> you know, uh, and, that, and that's the thing. You know, I'm glad it's making a comeback. And uh, of course, now everybody, I, I'm urging you guys to go on over there and go to ghostwolves.com. And buy yeah, your copy. Get a copy of yeah, this great, <laughs> great, great album. You're going to love it. I know I have been loving it, and uh, I will continue to listen to it. I think I, I'm, I'm going to keep listening to it. This will be my new getting ready for the show music. System of a Down used to be it. Now I'm thinking it's going to be the Ghost <laughs> Wolves. I need something driving and hard. <laughs> So that's that's how I get ready. I jam out real hard, you know? and then I get ready for the show to go talk. And I, I think Ghost Wolves will be the new one now, the new driving force behind the show. We got to run a break, everyone. When we come back, we're gonna t- we're gonna shift gears a little bit with Carly, and we're gonna talk paranormal. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right, right. back right after this. Run, hours a.m. and if you're listening to us via podcast make sure you like us follow us review us tell your friends about us tell grandma about us and keep listening author steve asher brings us hauntings of trilogy steve's first book hauntings of the kentucky state penitentiary this first installment of the trilogy tells us the tale of the kentucky state penitentiary and why it's so haunted with every turn of the page will be something new and terrifying. Pick up Steve's new book, Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and all better bookstores everywhere. 
Canavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered values truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to afterhoursam at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. Welcome back to After Hours AM, everybody. I was so, having so much fun talking to Carly Wolf during the break. I almost forgot to hit my mark, come back live, and talk to all of you guys so you can hear our conversation with her. Again, you're going to want to get that album. Definitely. The Ghost Wolves, Texas Platinum. Go over to theghostwolves.com. Buy your copy. You won't regret it. And just listen to some of these tracks. And I think Greg brought up a great point while we were talking off air. You truly are breath of fresh air. You're not the norm, and that's a beautiful thing. Well, thank you. You know, we, we try to just do do our own thing, you know, and, and sometimes exactly. that is hard because people don't know how to classify you. They don't know where to put you, you yeah. know. They don't know what to do with you, but... Yeah. Really, that doesn't matter to us. Well, I know, to I, know, I know what to do with you. I know to. I know to play you. <laughs> I don't care what you know what I mean. Yeah. Just play it. You know, <laughs> it's good music. But anyhow, we were going to shift gears, and and you know, this is a paranormal show. This is Paranormal Thursday, and you know, uh, getting ready for the show. My co-host Eric again. Of course, he is absent due to a death in his family's dad passed away, and he attended the funeral. And Mister Greg Bakken is sitting with us tonight. And Greg, again, thank you for coming in. And, My pleasure. Uh, uh, you know, we were talking that you've had some paranormal experiences. I loved it for you to share some of those stories with us. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess the the most relevant one, I think, to to what we've been talking about is is the the way that we got our band name, the Ghost Wolves. And um, we had an experience, and uh, what happened was 
my my parents or my dad has been raising wolf hybrids like my whole life. Okay. And we had one who was 15 years old. His name was Ice. Uh, he was the alpha male. And he was, well, he's 15, obviously getting up in, in age. So anyways, Johnny and I were just starting the band. We were just starting to jam and um, sort of thinking about names. And then he passed away. So we went out to my parents' um, place and, you know, we helped bury him and we were there with the family and we lit some candles and we were looking at pictures and everything like that. Well, it started to get dark and we, we went up to the grave again. And uh, just then, a cool breeze started blowing in mm-hmm. and all of the, all, like, cause there were the other wolf dogs started howling and and the horses started running around and just like going crazy and we were like okay well we better go in and um just started walking back towards the house and then I glanced back and where we had buried ice there was a fog kind of a mist that had had rolled in and it was over the grave and I saw his form looking at me like coming out of the mist and there were like a few other figures wow damn what was your thing what was your thoughts when you were witnessing all this well i mean i i get chills just just telling you about it it was it was definitely paranormal i mean it was it was definitely something that you you never could have could have expected and we just decided to keep on going in you know, and then the the breeze sort of kept blowing and then looked back again and, and it just kind of dissipated. So, I mean, it was a brief moment, but it was so impactful that, I mean, it just stayed with me. And, and then we, we thought, well, we should name the band The Ghost Wolves so we can carry that with us and have Ice as, as our sort of mascot and carry his memory with us. And Did- did anything feel familiar about that when it happened since since you knew who that was? Well, it did. I mean, it it just it was him. It was just like yep. seeing him again. So, it was it was like I wanted I wanted to go to him, but then I I sort of knew that I that I shouldn't. Yeah. Mhm. Man, so, what what an experience. But it was though. it was almost like yeah, he was just sort of there just to just to let us know that he was okay and he was with his pack because there were other figures behind him. And we had buried him where we had buried um, several other animals of the bloodline, you know, going back before him and sure. um, sort of our little pet cemetery up there, but on the mm-hmm. hill. And uh, so they, they were all there. That's powerful. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very interesting. And, and and I can only imagine, um, you know, uh, the power that that brought to you. You know what I mean? Uh, that that, that kind of moment in time where, wow, you know, it feels familiar. This feels right. Yeah, you know I mean, and that is really a cool story. I like that a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it, it did. It brought me a lot of peace and it brought me 
um, yeah, like just knowing that he's going to still be here. He's still going to be with us. And yeah. he's, he's just, he lives on. And, and that was, that was why we also went into to name the band that the ghost wolves, you know, to, to remember that, that moment and also to, to carry him with us. Do you ever feel him ever since? Do you ever feel him intermittently or, or you know, just, just randomly? Um, I don't feel him, but I do feel um, his, I think it will, yeah, it was his grandson. His grandson, Winter, toured with us um, his whole life. I mean, well, we started mm-hmm. touring when he was about a year and a half, two years or something like that. And um, and he just died. Well, he died about a year and a half ago now. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll still feel him. And I'll, I'll, I definitely think he's still with us too. But um, he's... Yeah, his spirit yeah, is he, with he, you. He, I mean, I could definitely... Yeah, I mean, the spirit of that dominance that you're talking about plays through in your music, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I feel that, you know, so that's very, very cool. And, and that makes perfect sense. It really does. And, and, uh, man, like I said earlier, what a powerful moment, you know, and it's kind of like one of those, yeah, that's the direction we're going. No doubt kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it did sort of gave us some, some teeth to, to have with our, with our sound and, um, yeah, and then but then I'll have these dreams too, where it's just—I mean, everybody has dreams, but super realistic dreams where winter will come back and he'll, you know, he'll be with me. Yeah. So that happens. But do you really think they are dreams, or do you think that they're they're a little bit more than that? Well, I'm not sure. Well, I say everyone has dreams. I don't know what everybody's experiences are, but mm-hmm. these are very real and almost a sort of not not a like a a dream where you're awake but it feels like you're awake or you might be on the brink of sleep or something like that Mm -hmm. so you might have you might feel a presence that's actually there yeah and then it it goes it goes you know you take it with you in your in your dream or your imagination or something man what a powerful story, Greg. It kind of gave me yeah. chills. Oh, yeah. You, you know, Absolutely. Being there and seeing this and witnessing that, man, that, would, that definitely gave us chills over here. And, well, and, and I, 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 cool. I was just going to say real fast, too, I think what's interesting about that, I think there's a lot of us and probably more people than care to admit to that have had the similar things with, with their own either loved ones or, or whatever. And that, that's why I asked if, if you thought it was real or not, because, I mean, I personally have experienced stuff like that that I truly believe was not a dream. It wasn't physically something there, but it wasn't a dream. It was, it was a visitation. Right. Well, definitely when he came after we buried him, I mean, that was definitely a visitation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't sleeping at all, which was what made it so interesting and just so real. Yeah, yeah. it was real. Well, how but, about on the road? Have, um, you, have you guys ever encountered anything touring that was like, wow, that was weird? Well, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story, but we felt 
spooked out, but um, we we played in Marietta, Georgia, at this sort of strip mall, all ages um, venue that used to be a dress barn of all places. You know, the dress barn, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. shop, shopping shop that's in the, like the strip mall. Well, that I guess went out of business or moved or something, and these these people moved in and they. Uh, they made a venue in there, and we played there, and then uh, we stayed the night at the venue inside. And um, the guy was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and close this up, and you guys have a have a nice night and everything." But yeah, you know, this place is haunted. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. We were just well, like, wait, what? <laughs> well, you you know you know, and I've heard that. In fact, we've had a lot of authors on the show that have talked about haunted rock and roll. And that, mm-hmm. you know, these different venues especially seem to, you know, have their own ghosts, uh, you know, because a lot of energy yeah. takes place when you're performing. So it makes yeah. sense, you know, that that they're still there in some ways. And we've covered that several times. And, yeah, I really, you know, rock and rollers, though, by and large, seem to be a little bit on the superstitious side. I suppose I would be, too, if everyone's dying at 27. Yeah, the 27 Club, stuff like that. So, <laughs> right. you know, they have every right to be. But, you know, when you're performing on stage, especially in a, a, a real historic venue, do you ever feel like that there is a presence with you while you're performing? I do. I definitely feel that. Just the history that's been in those places. Um, I mean, it, it it's, it's everywhere. It's in the air. It's, it's coming off the walls. I mean the vibrations are there. And so to get to play in a place like that, it, it does, it, it amplifies what you're doing. It, it ignites it. So I have a question for you and it, it's, it's comes from a friend of mine who's listening in uh, Lisa and she has asked, um, has this, have you had people visit you, not just animals? Uh, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be very honest because she says, I know she has, um, because, because she uh, is medium, she she gets all that stuff, and she's she's seeing who might have visited you. Have you? Do you have any uh, recollection of that? Um, not really. Well, I I mean I had a, I had an experience as a as a kid, but it was um, it wasn't a good one. I mean it was it was an unpleasant experience where. I mean, I can tell the story. I don't know who it was, but um, I and I don't know if the fact that there was a, a teenager that had died at the house that I lived in as a kid um, before we before we moved there, the family that had moved out. Um, and I guess my room was either his or, or the one next door, which was my brother's room. But anyways, I was sleeping and... Um, I had an old TV just for fun. It was like a really old TV that I would just plug in and it would just be um, like static. And I just used it for like a light source. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyways, it didn't have an on and off button. So it had to be plugged in to be, to have the static and have the light. Yeah. So I was sleeping and all of a sudden the TV comes on, which that. Obviously, it has to be plugged in. So, so that was really off. So, anyways, then I started trying to scream and trying to to get up, 
and something was holding me down and I couldn't see it, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it was also blocking my voice. Hmm. So I was, I was, I was screaming as, as loud as I could and I was trying to get up, but something was holding me down and blocking, not, not covering my mouth, but just somehow like blocking to where the sound couldn't come out. Huh. So, and that was yeah. only the one time, right? That would be scary as hell, though. That, it was so scary. <laughs> yeah. It was really scary. Yeah, and I finally was able to bust through. Somehow Somehow, I got I got up, I got through it, mm-hmm. and I ran down the hall to my parents' house, and I mean, to my parents' room, and they, they thought I was, um, they thought somebody was there attacking, you know, like, yeah. they, they got up and got the lights on and like they went in there trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Well, and, um, exactly. I mean, I'd be doing the same thing, busting in going, what the hell's going on in here? But that, that, <laughs> that must've been scary. I mean, it seems to have really stuck with you. It'd stick with me too. Don't get me wrong. If that happened to me, I'd be like, Oh, yeah. to this day, I'd be like, Hey, this happened to me. I swear to God. Wow, what did, what did you think it was? I mean, what do you think happened? I mean, why, I guess, is the bigger question. Why you? You're a sweet, innocent yeah. young lady. Why you? I don't know. I don't know if it had something to do with the spirit of, of the teenager that had, that had passed away or if it was just um, something about that house, though, because other things happened in that house. Um, I remember sitting just at, on the couch watching TV and the remote moved off the table onto the floor. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there was something in that house. And I just always remember going down the hallway and turning and because it was sort of a long hallway with the, the bedrooms at the, at the end of the hallway and just, mm-hmm. you know, always sort of feeling <coughs> a presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would imagine, I mean, the presence, though, I mean, you know, though, when there's something with you, you know, something strange, you just know. Your body almost tells you, right, Greg? You kind of get that feeling. Oh, you know, yeah. And that was actually a question I was going to ask you, and you kind of answered it. Like, what were you feeling? That's what I always ask people when they tell me about their paranormal experiences. Um so it, and if I just have a question, you know, I was going to mention that I was disappointed that maybe you haven't had an experience at the 331 Club in Minneapolis because that's a very haunted block of there's like the Ritz Theater, a place called the PNA Hall. There's there's activity there. Um, but I suppose you're going in and out of these places pretty quickly that you don't really have time to kind of see what's going on. Yeah, really, it, you don't get to to really see that much i mean you're there you play you pack up you leave you go to the next spot so there isn't a lot of time to you know pick up on stuff like that yeah yeah well yeah i mean yeah you're in you're out you know it's not like you're making your home yeah Yeah, exactly but certain places like what we were talking about before they have that history that you just feel and i mean i will say that show there we had a great show and it was just the energy was there so maybe that has something to do with it at this at that club in minneapolis 
it's it's a lively old Polish area that um, people love to kick up their heels and do a lot of dancing. I'm not surprised to hear that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that area is very old, very historic, and that theater is very historic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I've heard several times about hauntings in that area, especially in that theater here and there. You know, like mm, that was kind of weird. In fact, uh, friends of mine are, are the uh, the Act Soul Asylum, and they played there several times. And I, and I was at, actually asked Dave Perner one time, I said, is that place haunted over there? He says, yeah, that in Fifth Avenue. Crazy haunted. Haunted joints right there. I, I was going to say, wow. my, my, my one memory of 331 Club is uh, that there's a jukebox in the men's bathroom. <laughs> Do with that what you really? will. Yes, there is. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That, that, why would there be a jukebox in the can? Well, or the question is, why isn't there more jukeboxes well, than okay, other men's Okay, bathroom? okay, you know what? Touche, my friend. Touche. Yes, there should be. In every bathroom, there should be a jukebox. <laughs> I may be here a while. I played in Minneapolis uh, that had a, a really sort of, you could tell that a lot of history had been had been happening there because they hadn't changed it much, I don't think, yeah. since the 50s. was Lee's Liquor Lounge. You know oh my place? gosh! Jesus. Oh yeah! Oh, just got the chills yeah. when you said that. Absolutely. Really? Yep. <laughs> yep. Interesting. I mean, that place. That place is like a time machine. You walk in there, and you're like, ah, paneling. Yes. You know, it's it's just it's fantastic. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a wonderful place. Uh, I love it. Paneling. Good boots too. Well, good, well, that's what really matters is the boots. Not, not that I'm into any such things as well, that. Well, hey, yeah. Yeah, like you never partake. No, none of us do. None of us do. <laughs> What's the craziest venue you guys ever played in, though? Just flat out nuts where you're like, wow. Not even haunted, just the feel of the place and stuff like that. What was? Were you ever nervous at a place you played? I guess that's the best, better question. Did you ever get the jitters before you went on? <laughs> um, well... Uh, a couple times, you know, when, yeah, you, you get the, I mean, I don't, I don't really get stage fright because I've been sort of on stage since I was a little kid performing, dancing and doing different stuff. But, um, but yeah, sometimes you, you find yourself having to, you know, go pee a few more times than you normally would. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, pretty worked up and stuff, but, um. I would say when we went to Japan and we played the Hysteric Glamour 30th anniversary party, it was insane. We played at, I think it was 3 a.m., and they had all, they had these these troops of dancers, men and women, and just like these very athletic pole dancers, just Mm. going insane. Like doing all this acrobatics and stuff during our set, it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, and just be you know being in such a foreign place and you know not really under not and just uh, losing a lot of translation you know because we don't speak Japanese but, <laughs> but just but they speak rock and roll yeah. and that's what matters. They exactly they totally did and it was it was just amazing. It was yeah, really really fun. Oh, I I would imagine. I mean, you know. That that just was the I know that the people in Japan and and other countries like Germany they they really appreciate good music. I mean they look. I mean my gosh, it used to be what what was that one? I went and saw them live and, and they was it Dewhurst? I can't remember. Remember that hmm. song, Greg? Uh, it was all German though, and it made it to the states oddly enough. 
Dewhurst mm. or whatever, and that was a German band. But over okay. there now, I, I, I've heard of other German bands. Man, they love their metal big time. Yeah. They do. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, even more than we do, and we're the home of Metallica. And they yeah. love their metal, yeah. but they love the hard driving metal. Like, of course, let's do one more huge plug. Just like the, go- the Ghost Wolves are putting out. Yeah, you can get the album Texas Platinum <laughs> at theghostwolves.com. And I highly recommend you go ahead and pick yourself up a copy of that album, whether it be on a vinyl, CD, or downloading off of iTunes. They're everywhere, and you're not going to want to miss that. Carly Wolf is who we're talking to tonight and have been for the last hour that she has really, it's been our privilege to talk to somebody so accomplished in music. Now, we also would be remiss if we didn't bring up Johnny Wolf. He is also, That's right. you, you know, mm-hmm. he is right there with you. That is your partner in crime, your husband, that is right there behind you on drums that brings that driving beat. And, and so you guys really bring yeah. it together. And really, it's quite honestly uh, good stuff. I, I love it. I, I like that hard stuff. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about both music and the paranormal and uh, stuff like that. Now, I got to ask you, Carly. Would you be open to a paranormal investigation? Have you ever been on one? Um, well, the, I think the closest thing I've been um, on is a like a ghost tour in um, where was it in South Carolina in um, Charleston? Ooh, that place is haunted. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I would imagine, well, all those areas down there are really hot. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of places down south are haunted. Look at Savannah. The whole city's haunted. Can't go anywhere without running into a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, um, I don't know what you had in mind, but, I mean, I'm open to oh, it. Oh, I, I mean, doing like what Greg does. Lights out. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, the actual hardcore looking for the ghost paranormal investigation. You know, it would be very interesting experiment, actually, to get to a place, a venue that, like, that you would perform at, say, for example, like First Ave or something, and that you know, we know it's haunted, we know it's very haunted, doing, like, a set and uh, seeing if we get anything after that. You know, something that kind of gets, you know, spirits kind of uh, active. I bet that could work. That, that, would, be, that would be really interesting. Yeah, it, that would be cool, wouldn't it? To see how music brings yeah. out the paranormal. So we need to do that is what we're all agreeing <laughs> on here then. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that would be cool. That, yeah, let's that do it. W- you know, I could just imagine, Greg, that'd make a great, for a great TV show for you. It would. You, you know it I mean? would be really fun. Yeah, because Greg, of course, he's a TV guy. He, he has Minnesota Ghost Box TV. And uh, really, that would be very, very cool to get that hooked up. But Carly, it has been an absolute honor talking to you tonight. And I really appreciate you coming on the show, giving us an hour of your time. You know, and and really, we enjoy the music you're doing, putting out there. And of course, everybody, the Ghost Wolves, go to theghostwolves.com, pick up Texas Platinum. You're going to love it top to bottom. You're going to really enjoy the musical work. Yeah, the the songs are really thought out, so definitely pick that up. That should be on your must-buy list. That being said, Greg, we're at the end of another show. So quick. It, it so does fast. go so fast. On behalf of Greg and myself, we'd like to thank you for listening to this show after hours AM and take care of each other, love each other, and keep Mr. Eric Olson in your prayers. Until next time, 
Well, you know, just rock on. Thank you for listening to this edition of After Hours AM, and please remember to like us on Facebook and also follow us over on Twitter. 